the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. The following program has been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time.
you were called to be free. You were not called to be a slave. You were called to be free. But it's going to be a war. And that war must be engaged in. A spiritual war that has tremendous physical ramifications. I want to talk with you today about a covenant that was made with a man at the very beginning after the flood. God sent the flood as a judgment against the whole world. It was not a regional flood. The Bible says it was over the entire world. Noah and his family were saved from that flood. And God began to look over the earth to see where he could start over again with a covenant people. And there was Abraham. And God called Abraham and told him to leave his family and his country, to leave his business and go to the land he would show him. Abraham obeyed. The story of Abraham is the story of God's covenant mercy of bringing us into freedom by bringing us into his covenant. In the 15th chapter of the book of Genesis, after Abram has paid tithe, after Abram has defeated the enemy, rescued Lot, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abraham said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless, and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, You have not given me children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up to the heavens, count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And Abram believed the Lord, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Now God entered into a covenant with him, a covenant of blood. A covenant of blood cannot be changed except by death. After Abram has been in this Cana land for ten years and has had no children, he has the promise of God, but that's all he has. In the 16th chapter, now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian maiden named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. 
She was operating in the custom of her day, but not according to the Lord or the commands of God. Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So after Abram had been living in Cana ten years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian maidservant, Hagar, and gave her to her husband to be his wife. And he slept with Hagar, and she conceived. Now how do you sleep with an Egyptian maidservant in order to be productive? Because God has not shown up. Now I want you to see today some very clear lines, and then we'll go to the New Testament, and I'll show you the same thing there. In this journey that we're making, we are in a covenant with Almighty God through Jesus Christ. It is a covenant of faith. We are children of Isaac, the man of promise. He was supernaturally granted to Abraham and to Sarah when they were old and could not possibly have children. Now, let me say now the key heart I want you to hear today, and then I'm going to develop it with you. The covenant that God makes with his people is never a Hagar covenant. We are not the children of Hagar if we have Christ dwelling in us. The problem we're facing in the church today and the reason I gave such a stern warning yesterday was because the church that I know today in America is not an Isaac church. It's a Hagar. It's an Ishmael church. It's a church of bondage, of sin, of darkness. And it is going to have God's judgment upon it, and it will be cast out of the kingdom of heaven. Now, a pastor said to me after yesterday's broadcast, Pastor, are you drunk? Are you on drugs? How do you dare go on the radio and say these things to us? He was greatly offended. He was angry with me. I'm not surprised. The Ishmael heart is an angry heart. It's a donkey heart. It's something that is produced in the human flesh. Now, just so I can make sure the, the ground is level here, let me state very clearly what I'm talking about. If your church has gone to Pharaoh, to Egypt, to get a loan to build your church, your church is a Ishmael church, a donkey church. It is of human flesh. It is not of the supernatural. If your pastor does not call you to entire sanctification, if he does not rebuke you for all evil and call you to be made perfect in Jesus Christ, in reality, in your spiritual life, then you are part of a donkey church, an Ishmael church. I don't mean to be offensive, 
but I'm going to be very forthright based on what the scriptures teach. You need to understand, if you attend an Ishmael church, it's because you have an Ishmael spirit in your heart. Now let me be clear. We are all born with an Ishmael heart out of the human flesh, out of what we can accomplish for ourselves, out of what we have to do to survive. That's all Ishmael. Isaac is of the miraculous. Isaac is of the supernatural. Isaac is of the spirit. Everything that is of the flesh in the church today, holding big concerts in your church, and charging money for tickets for these worldly musicians to come in and do their entertainment deal cloaked in something called Christianese. That's a that's an Ishmael church. It's not an Isaac church. It's a donkey church. It walks in the flesh. It doesn't walk in the spirit. God is not pleased with it. And they are in bondage. They are not free. And you were called to be free. We're going to show you what it means to be free. Follow me. Abraham, or Abram, agrees. Look, we're going to have to go into the flesh if we're going to be successful here. We're going to have to go to guerrilla marketing if we're going to be successful with our church. We're going to have to find ways to meet all the needs of the community. Let's go out and let's do a, a research project and let's ask everybody what they'd like in a church. Oh, you don't like the cross? Let's get rid of it. You don't like, uh, you don't like prayer meetings? Not a problem. We won't hold it. You want to be in and out of church in an hour max? Okay, our preacher will do short sermons maybe 15 minutes he'll do pleasant little sermons so you go through and you find out what the world wants and then you say okay now we're we've done what you ask now come and be wonderfully entertained and inspired and lifted and encouraged one pastor called his church the coffee church why do you call it that because he said, we're going to serve you a cup of coffee and you're going to be in and out of here in 30 minutes. And sure enough, it was in and out in 30 minutes. And people flocked. An Ishmael church, something ugly before the holy God of heaven. Christ was not formed in the hearts of the people when they have attended an Ishmael church. So Ishmael is born. God calls him to a covenant of circumcision 13 years later. I don't know, did you catch that? After Abram makes the decision that he's going to take Hagar as his wife, and he produces a son by the name of Ishmael. 
for 13 years, God won't speak to him. Dead silence from heaven. There are things that you can do in the flesh that will mean God will no longer speak with you. And often when God's not speaking to us, the devil is speaking and the flesh is speaking and we're saying, okay, what do we have to do to survive? Let's call a board meeting. Let's do something. Let's have the vestry meet. Let's get rid of our pastor. Let's get a younger man. Let's do this. Let's do that. We've got to crank up this church. We've got to get the programs going. We've got to have a show here. And it's all Ishmael. It's donkey. It's a donkey church. And the Spirit of God is not there. Oh, they can have a kundalini spirit, a spirit of unholiness, a spirit of a flesh. People can be falling down and, and gold dust can be coming from the ceiling and all kinds of things can be going on like they do among the Buddhists. Kundalini spirit, not Holy Spirit. So the Lord, after 13 years, says this. Abraham is now 99 years old. The Lord appears to him and he says, I am God Almighty. Why is he saying that? Saying, I'm El Shaddai. Why is he saying that? Because Abraham has not pleased the Lord by his birthing of Ishmael. God knew that Ishmael would cause all kinds of trouble to the children of Israel. And even today they still are. I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. Okay, Abraham, I'm talking to you again. Now I expect you to enter into a serious covenant with me and I want all human flesh cut off. I don't want any more of your initiation. I am the one who's in charge. You're not Abraham. So you waited 10 years and then you jumped into your own deal and you performed your own stuff because you didn't think I was powerful enough to do it. Walk before me and be blameless. If you look at this covenant of Abraham from beginning to end, it is about taking a man and making him holy. Taking a disobedient, worldly man and transforming him into a son of the living God. A man who will be obedient to the word of God and will not go off in his flesh to accomplish the will of God. So he has given the covenant of circumcision. He's given a promise and he's given the covenant of circumcision. Well, what is circumcision? It is a covenant in the flesh that is to be an everlasting covenant. This is Genesis 17, verse 14. Any uncircumcised male who has not been circumcised in the flesh will be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. 
What does the covenant mean? The covenant of circumcision says, your manhood is subject to my divine will. And you will not go out and exercise your own willpower and your own ability to create for yourself. You will be dependent upon me for your very breath of life. And if you break this covenant of circumcision, that person is kicked out of the family of God. He renamed Sarai as Sarah. And Abraham responds by falling face down. And he laughs as he says to himself, he says to himself, will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? Do you have promises that God has made you? I do. Does it look like those promises cannot come to pass? <laughs> oh, yes. It looks like they're impossible. God has promised me great revival in America. He's promised me that I will have a part to play. The first part of June, he said to me very quietly, prepare to preach once more. I know he means in a public venue, not a house church, not on the radio. Prepare to preach. And I'm having my 75th birthday next week. Oh, how is this possible? Old men like me should be retiring, taking it easy. No, I will not laugh at the promises of God because I have learned from my father Abraham what the covenant means. And I will not produce in my own flesh my retirement or my provision. I will not try in my own flesh to gin up a solemn assembly. I will not try in my flesh to gin up revival. I will be faithful before God in the prayer closet. I will be faithful before God in my actions. Oh, believe me, I had my Egyptian mistress, wife. I know what it is to have a Hagar. And I know what it is to have an Ishmael. I've gone out in my own flesh and created what I thought would be pleasing to God. And he has said, I don't want anything to do with it. And great sorrow has come into my life through the Ishmaels that I have created because I didn't trust God enough to know that he would fulfill his promises. I thought I had to help him fulfill the promise. I was wrong. I have had to spend a great amount of time weeping and repenting before him. And never again will I step forth in my power to create my freedom. My freedom is based on the mighty hand of Jesus Christ. My freedom is based on the covenant Jesus has made with me. It is by grace alone. 
It is not by imputed righteousness. It is by imparted righteousness because he promised he would take away my sin. He would even take away my inclination to sin. That he would take the old man out of my heart and he would make me pure and clean before him, entirely sanctified and made holy. But Abraham at age 99, says to the Lord God of heaven, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. O God, if only the works of our flesh could live under your blessing. Let me light my own fires, and you bless them, Lord. He won't do it. If you light your own fires, according to Isaiah, Isaiah 30. If you light your own fires, you will lie down in torment. And I have. I know that's true. He wanted Ishmael to be blessed. And so he said, yes, okay, I'll bless Ishmael. But my covenant, I will establish with Isaac whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. And then God went up from him. Now, Isaac is born in chapter 21 of the book of Genesis. The Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised. And they named him Isaac. Laughter. And Sarah said, God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will be laughing with me. Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Now something happens here, and I'm going to go more in depth in the New Testament on this. Ishmael was a bully. Still is. Ishmael was a bully and because Isaac was so much younger than he was he persecuted Isaac. Now, I want to say to you that that's going on today just as well. Spiritual Ishmael persecutes Isaac of the Holy Spirit. People say now everywhere, are you kidding, Pastor? You can't be without sin before God. The blood of Jesus doesn't have the power to take away your sin. You're always going to be a sinner. You can't ever stop sinning against God. That's what Ishmael today in the church says. 
They believe in the sinning Christian. Isaac, on the other hand, persecuted because he says, No, I will live fully and wholly in the Holy Spirit, and I will be made clean by the blood of Jesus. I am not a slave to sin. I'm not a slave to the law. Isaac was not to be, he was not to be under the law. Isaac was to be free. Spiritual Isaac. Now, let me show you quickly. The child grew and was weaned. Probably six, seven years old in that day. And the son whom Hagar the Egyptian had borne to Abraham was mocking her son. But Sarah said, The slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son Isaac. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because Sarah said, Get rid of the slave woman and her son. Get rid of him. Get rid of her. I'm not going to have him in this family any longer. But God said to Abram, Don't be so distressed. He's a wild donkey of a son. His hand will be against everyone. Everyone's hand will be against him. He will live in hostility toward all of his brothers. He has a wolf nature. But I'll make the son of the maidservant into a nation because he's your offspring. So the next morning, Abraham took his food and a skin of water, and he gave them to Hagar, and he set them on her shoulder, and he sent her off with the boy. And she went and wandered in the desert of Beersheba. Now I want you to go with me to the New Testament in the short time we have left in today's broadcast. I want to show you something. Go with me to the book of Galatians. The Apostle Paul says in chapter 4, verse 19, Galatians 4, verse 19, My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. I am in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you, brother and sister. I don't give this sermon today to condemn the church or anyone else, but to be very honest about what our spiritual condition is and what must change if we're to ever enter into the kingdom of God. Many are called, but few are chosen. Why? Because few are of the spirit of Isaac. Most in the church today are of the spirit of Ishmael. And most pastors are Ishmael pastors. It is the norm in America, and that's why we're in such trouble today, and why God's judgment is falling on this nation. 
Paul says, how I wish I could could be with you now and change my tone because I'm perplexed about you. I wish I didn't have to use this tone on this radio broadcast. It grieves my heart. Then verse 21, tell me, you who want to be under law, are you not aware of what the law says? For it's written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born in the ordinary way, but his son by the free woman was born as the result of a promise. Please understand the differentiation between the sons of Ishmael in the church today and the sons of Isaac are the Ishmaelites are those who have walked in the flesh in human ability and human power and human strength. And they have created their humanistic churches. Like the United Methodist Church today has totally become an Ishmael church. The Episcopal Church is an Ishmael church. The Anglican Church is an Ishmael church. They're not of Isaac. The Spirit Church lives only by the promise of the Holy Spirit. These things may be taken figuratively. Now Paul is applying this. For the women represent two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. They're under law. They're under condemnation. They walk in sin and wickedness. They operate in their own human flesh under human ideas. They go to Egypt for their security. They borrow money. They go in debt. Now, Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Be glad, O barren woman, who bears no children. Break forth and cry aloud, you who have no labor pains, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Now you brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. At that time, the son born in the ordinary way persecuted the son born by the power of the Spirit. It is the same now. But what does the scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son, for the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be yoked again by a yoke of slavery. Are you a slave to sin? Has the power of the blood of Jesus not broken from you the power of wickedness? Are you still captive to the pornography? Are you still captive to bitterness and anger? Are you still captive Then your Ishmael? Are you still working out your own deal? 
A dear brother who listens to this broadcast wrote to me. He said, we have a, a roofing company and it's real slow right now. Would you please pray that our company will survive and that God will send us business? I want to tell you how I'm praying for that brother's for that brother's business. I've said, Lord, would you now take over that business? Would you cause this brother to acknowledge that this is your roofing company and not his? That it belongs to you? Will you cause him to utterly let go of this business and turn it over to you and let it become not an Ishmael business, but an Isaac business? a business born of the Holy Spirit. Cause him to be faithful with the finances in tithes and offerings. Cause him to walk with integrity before you in every respect. But let him know that all business that comes from this day forward is of your Holy Spirit and not of the flesh. And let him acknowledge with praise and thanksgiving that you have done this. Verse 13, this is chapter 5, Galatians 5.13. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. If you are still gratifying the desires of your sinful nature, you are of Ishmael, and you must be converted. At least 90% of those who call themselves Christians in America have never truly been born of the Spirit. They've never been born again. They are Ishmael Christians, and they will have no permanent place in the family. They will be cast out at the judgment day. That's why we must have a great move of God in this country, that God's people will be converted, that they could be saved, that they would leave the human flesh way of doing business and utterly give themselves into the hands of Jesus, give their businesses into the hands of Jesus, give their jobs into the hands of Jesus, give everything in their life, their family, their wives, their children, their money, give everything into the hands of, of Jesus, and let everything now begin to be lived out by the Holy Spirit, spending time in prayer and fasting, seeking after the face of God, reading the scriptures, earnestly seeking him, turning off the television, turning off the internet, turning off all the worldly things that draw your heart. Cast it aside. No longer go to the entertainment of NASCAR or Redskins or any other professional sports. Turn aside. That's all Ishmael stuff. If your church is thinking about building, put it to the test with Jesus. Does he want you to? If he does, he'll pay for it. If he doesn't, he won't. And if you go to the bank and you borrow the money, you have an Ishmael church. 
It operates by the strength and power of the human will, not of the will of the Holy Spirit. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Remember, it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You can do many good things in the flesh, but in the end you'll be cast out. The entire law is summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out, or you'll be destroyed by each other. A marriage where the husband and wife are exchanging bitter words back and forth, yelling and screaming at themselves and at the kids, that's an Ishmael marriage. It has to end. It ends by confession of sin and repentance and turning that marriage over to Jesus. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now you can say I'm in the church. You can even say I'm born again. But if these are the way, if you're acting this way, if this is how you are, you will never inherit the kingdom of God. You will be cast out. Only those who are entirely sanctified will enter the kingdom of God. Those who have been washed, who have pure hearts, who have clean hearts, men and women, boys and girls, who produce the fruit of the Spirit, joy, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and its desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit, What about those plain English words do you not understand? Do you think you can come up with some Bible text that says you're always going to be a sinner? Do you think you can twist the scriptures and say God loves me unconditionally? If anyone says to you God loves me unconditionally, you know they are an Ishmael church. They are not of the Holy Spirit. If God loved people unconditionally, there would be no hell, and we would be universalists. But we know that there is a day of judgment coming, 
and the Ishmaelites and those born of Isaac in the spirit will be separated on the right and on the left. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and its desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Live in peace with one another. Live in love with one another, compassionate and caring. Don't go the way of of Hagar and Ishmael. Chapter 6, brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you you who are spiritual should restore him gently by watching yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to anybody else. And anyone who receives instructions in the word must share all good things with his instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. That's why I never boast except in the cross of Jesus Christ. My brother, my sister, you were called to be free. And if you're walking in sin today, you're in bondage and you're in Ishmael. But by the grace of Jesus Christ, if you will confess that sin, if you will confess that coldness of heart, that lukewarm heart, if you will honestly go before God and get serious with Him and confess your wicked actions, your harsh words to your wife or to your husband, your your stealing, your cheating, your lying, your lust, your idolatry, putting others ahead of God, if you will go before God and confess these things in honesty before Him, And if you will repent and renounce these wicked things you have played with, if you will renounce your excuses and playing victim, if you will take full responsibility before God for your life, your sin, your disobedience, your anger, your bitterness, a supernatural work of God will be performed on your heart and you will be brought into the kingdom of Almighty God. You know, it really doesn't matter if you're a church person. It only matters if you're a born-again person, 
walking in the Spirit, sanctified and made holy. And it all starts with humbling our hearts before God. In the church, we don't need more prayer first. We need repentance. We need to turn from our sin. That's what repentance is. It's turning from our sin. And it's being baptized in the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Will you do that now? Almighty God, I've spoken the message you gave to me for today. And I'm asking now for the mighty power of your Holy Spirit to bring conviction, confession, and repentance to every person who is not born of the Spirit but is born of Ishmael. I pray for the pastors today who are born of Ishmael, hirelings, there for the salary and the prestige, for the sentimental, not for the righteous, not to convict of sin, not to be afraid of the people. Lord, would you forgive every pastor today who is walking as an Ishmael before you? Would you bring into their lives that convicting arrow of the Holy Spirit that will break through for them? Lord, I just sense in the Spirit right now there are men and women weeping before you, saying, Lord, I have been an Ishmael. Lord, would you meet them right now? Would you cause them to do a thorough work of confession, even writing out all of their sins? And would you cause them to repent and to turn aside? And would you give them new birth in your spirit, in entire sanctification? pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. I'd love to hear from you. This is a faith ministry and I'm very grateful to each of you who has already reached out on PayPal, on nationalprayerchapel.com or have simply written to me and sent resources to help cover the month of July. We're a long way from where we need to be, but I'm trusting Jesus to move in your heart. Would you write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. That address again, the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Or go online and you can give online, nationalprayerchapel.com. 
God bless you, my brother, my sister. I'm praying for you that Christ be formed in you. I love you. In the name of Jesus, go in peace. I'll talk to you soon. Hi, I'm Jim Daly with